Well, good day to you. It's now 14.29, Monday the 16th of April. I'm Larry G. Maguire, writer and artist over at LarryGMaguire.com. And you're listening to The Daily Larb. This is the podcast show I made for people like me, people who think like me, people who mm, ponder stuff the same as I ponder, people who make stuff, people who are interested in the bigger questions, looking for deeper answers. Maybe unwilling to accept the surface level response with regard to all those things that seem to matter to us. Creative thinkers, innovators, craftspeople, artists, people who give a shit about what they make and put their heart and soul into it, regardless of whether they're getting paid or not. And... um, You see, I put this show together because uh, the stuff that I'm just compelled to talk about and compelled to write about, and it takes up most of my waking hours and maybe my sleeping hours too. I've had really vivid dreams recently uh, and I suspect it's uh, all the same stuff, only in disguise. But anyway, today's subject matter, several things really. Uh, I want to talk to you about choosing that first idea when it lands that uh, you know when you're faced with a decision and uh, you've got to make a choice about what to do I think the longer we spend pondering it the the greater difficulty we kind of enter into I want to talk to you about that a little bit I also want to um, talk to you about um, work and uh, it's related to the first one. Um, and I suppose creative integrity around our work. I'm not just talking about someone who goes into an artist studio here and uh, spends a week uh, um, completing a, a commission piece or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Or, or a sculptor. I'm talking about ordinary, everyday artists. I'm talking about people who uh, uh, get up in the morning and go out and practice their craft, you know. We talk about that a little bit, and uh, also want to talk about um, a particular ailment that uh, seems to be on me recently. It's uh, it's uh, quite debilitating, um, although it's improved a little bit. And if you're a writer, or you spend time uh, on your laptop or whatever. Well, then you probably know what I'm talking about. It's this um, repetitive strain injury. Have you heard of it? And uh, well, I've fucking heard of it. <laughs> Not only that, um, it's uh, it's killing me at the minute. And for ages, I didn't know what was going on. I thought it was stress related, but I haven't been stressed. I thought it was uh, maybe related to my day to day work. I thought maybe it was an old injury from sport. Um, but upon analysis, it appears that the what almost seems to be chronic now at this stage, pain in my shoulder and in my neck and my upper back on the right-hand side, down my tricep, into my forearm and into my hand is all because of the typing I'm doing on the laptop. And I spend a lot of time on my laptop. And uh, it it appears that my posture is uh, is affecting this um, my ability to write. And how I hold my hands on the keyboard. I've been doing a bit of research on it. Just looking online. See if I can 
figure out what the fuck's going on. And uh, I remember a couple of years ago, when I first started, I went and I got a scan because I thought I pulled something in my back. And of course, they didn't an MRI should they didn't find anything, and uh, I suppose they never will. But um, so I'm I'm very slow to go to a, a GP, you know, a general practitioner, a local doctor, because they won't find anything. They'll just prescribe drugs, you know. So uh, I've been popping paracetamol and ibuprofen and stuff, trying to deal with um, the discomfort. But uh, it gets really, really painful. But um, a, a running uh, a friend of mine, um, masseur, physical therapist, has been doing the business and uh, really getting stuck into me and um, working out all the creaks and the lumps and the bumps in the arm and hand and shoulder. And it helps a lot. But uh, I need to find a solution because uh, it's a killer. Like, wake you up at night type of stuff, you know. So anyway, I've been popping a few pills, and I know that's not a permanent solution. Uh, I have to sort out my workstation. Uh, what else? I've been do I've been using ice, and I've been using uh, hot water bottles, so hot and cold, and it seems to be it seems to be helping. Heat tends to help it a lot. Just throw. I've actually got one on my shoulder at the moment, and um, it's helping out. So I don't I don't know uh, whether you know whether you you have a tour you know what I'm talking about but uh, it's a fucker and uh, a lot of writers just by virtue of some of the research I've been doing uh, suffer with the same thing so looks like I need to get my nursing gear and get back into doing a bit of bit of fitness and get myself back in shape because uh, I've let that go and that's that's not helping matters but anyway such is life um, these are the crosses we bear first world issues you might say but uh, in any case woe is me you know i won't go on about it anymore that's it just want to mention it and uh, if you if you were kind of feeling the same thing or, or maybe maybe you felt it before uh you know let me know if you've got any solutions because it'd be interesting in, in exploring them uh, let me know what you did and uh, i'd appreciate it a lot anyway um that's the first part um in addition, as I mentioned in the bit of an intro there, I wanted to talk to you about this idea of taking the first option that comes to mind and running with it. And why it is that you and me tend to be cautious about that. Uh, I think we've been schooled into into the mode of thought that doesn't allow us take that first idea, that first notion and go with it. It's almost like we convince ourselves that we must be wrong. And it's happened to me loads of times. I don't know if it's happened to you, but we get an idea, and we say, "Oh no, I'll just, I'll just, I'll wait this out a little bit longer," and we explore a few other ideas, and we waste our time, and then we end up coming back to the first notion we had, and going with it, and all this time we wasted doubting ourselves that it was the right thing, when we should have indeed just gone with it first, and sat like in an anecdotal way. An unimportant illustration of it is at the weekend the uh, the English Grand National was on the horse racing, and I'm not a horse. I'm not a horsey bloke. I don't get into. I don't bet. I never bet. Uh, not my bag. Lots of blokes I know get off on it, but I don't. Um, and I just have a bet. We myself, me, me missus loves the GGs, so she had a bet, and she got all the kids to have a one euro each way bet. So I said, Ah, oh, yeah. Um, let me see who we got here. So I looked at the names. Like I don't, 
I don't, there's no analysis for me. I just go, oh yeah. Yeah, he looks good. That horse there, I pick a name. So there was one, what was it? Uh, Rags to Riches, was it or something like that? Something to do with money anyway. And I said, right, go for that. I picked that one. And that was it, done. So I said, fire each way. There you go. And then my missus says to me, hey, hey look, there's another horse here. Uh, Captain Redbeard. Uh, you, should do, you should pick that one. And there's me, my big red beard, uh, scruffy red beard. So I said, oh, well, that makes sense. I'll change my mind. She says, uh, are you sure you want to change your mind now? Are you, you, are, do you not want to just stick with the first one you picked? I said, ah, sure, no. Captain Redbeard, it makes sense. Let's stick it on that one. And, of course, uh, he pulled up or he fell or something um, halfway through the race. Uh, and the first horse that I picked ended up coming in fifth. So I would have won a few bob had I just stuck with the first one. But, say la vie. Mm. As we say here in the Emerald Isle, Chine. So uh, that just shows you. And it, it's happened so many times before in, in business circles and in work circles. It's like you get an intuition to do something and you doubt yourself and you don't do it. And it ends up turning out that you should have done it. But funnily enough, going the roundabout way tends to afford you uh, some benefit anyway. But uh, ultimately with hindsight you see that the first move should have been the right one. Um, so many times it's happened in, in business life for me it's not funny and uh, I wonder why that is you know I wonder why uh, uh, we believe that somehow waiting and uh, sitting on the fence a little bit uh, might help us more so than going the initial thought I mean a couple of, couple of days ago I was talking about uh, on the show here I'm not sure what episode it was one thirty, thirty two or 3 about uh, time consciousness and how it's it's like an affliction on humanity that we believe there's some future coming and that uh, there's a better version of us waiting in the future or that uh, we should just stick out this shit that we don't enjoy doing because uh, somewhere down the road we'll, we'll get the benefit, you know? And that uh, uh, how this is ultimately a flawed notion Completely flawed. So you put off your life, essentially. You spend your days and you spend your hours doing shit that you'd rather not do in the misled belief that somehow all of this fucking shit is going to lead you to doing something better or going to bring you something better. And uh, I think I threw a quote in there, or maybe it was, I know it was one of the recent articles I wrote, um, an old saying, you can't make a silk purse out of a sow's ear. And the same applies here. You can't have a positive result from a negative journey. It's just not possible. So really, we have no choice in the matter. But to get into it, whatever it is, get happy about it. Get into a good place about it and just fucking do it. Because all of a sudden, you step out into the road and a bus comes down and takes you out and... All of a sudden your life has been spent, you realise in your fucking departure that your life has been spent doing shit that you didn't want to do. Like, come on, this experience we have is just way too short for that, you know? It's just not worth it. And uh, the idea that tomorrow comes is ridiculous, it doesn't. Like, I'm reading 
I will have a, have a bunch of books on the go at the moment, but one of them I'm reading is uh, The End of Time by uh, Julian Barber. He's a scientist, and uh, he he's broken down in layman's terms his theory about time and what it is. And he gets into all of these convoluted, linear descriptions of what time is and what experience is. And it's absolutely ridiculous, you know? Ultimately, what he's getting at is that time is uh, how we think about time is flawed. And, and I would I would agree with him on that um, assertion. But some of these concepts that uh, analytical thinkers come up with are just so alien to me. I don't know about you, but to me, it's 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 just so simple. It's that this notion of time being a linear thing is 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 just simply too narrow a focus. You need to step out of it a little bit to see the full picture. And the full picture is that this experience is cyclical. It's it's one thing into another, a continual spiral almost outward, you know? And the the point of experience is right now. The whole thing emanates out from the middle, from the singularity. This is the nature of fundamental nature of what we are, in my opinion. And the notion that something better is down the road and we should hold out is crazy. Now, like you can accept that if you're if you know if you if you have been in the system long enough, whatever system you happen to operate in, if you're so well schooled, if you become a master of your craft, and you you understand the benefit of waiting, from the perspective that, from the perspective that you know when the time is right. For example, you're not going to pick the apples from the tree until they're ripe, are you? And to pick them early would be foolish because they'll taste sour. Same as if you have corn in the field, you're not going to harvest it too early. You're gonna, you're gonna wait, and you're gonna wait for the corn to mature, and and you're gonna harvest it, and that's what I'm talking about. If you jump in early, it just shows everybody and yourself that you're a fool, and you've still a, an awful lot to earn, a lot to learn. But if you wait too long, the fruit's gonna spoil. It's gonna fall off the tree, and it's gonna spoil, and other animals are gonna eat it, and it's gonna go sour on the ground, or go, go off on the ground, or whatever. They're lovely analogies, aren't they? Is it, you haven't heard them before, I'd say. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, timing is of the essence, and you've got to know when to get in and when to get out. And you only can learn that by virtue of being in it, and by virtue of fucking up, and by virtue of uh, being there and done that. And uh, that's a knowing. And when you know it, you know it now, regardless of the, the the regardless of where the development of the thing is. You know, so if you spent a lifetime training horses, and riding horses, and uh, in that particular area, buried in it, and you understand it and you know it, well then, chances are you're going to make the right choices. Chances are, if you've got your head screwed on, you won't be betting. But uh, however, the point is that getting to know the thing is vital. And when that first idea comes, you should go with it rather than waiting, you know. Now, something else I want to talk to you about is language and communication. 
poetry, in art I should say, poetry, prose, music, song lyrics, playing instruments, uh, painting pictures, sweeping the streets, making furniture, making coffee, flower arranging, crafts, arts, all of this expression in the world, you know, um, making cars, uh, designing, illustration, uh, creative endeavours, let's put it that way, umbrella term for all of this stuff that we're doing. And I ask myself, what is it? And why do we do it? Um, some people say, well, uh, there is there is this need within us to express ourselves. And I would agree with that. Some would say that there is this muse, this being, uh, an aspect of being that needs to be fed with creative works. That's a reasonable way to describe it. Um, some would say, uh, I don't know, just we are compelled to communicate that something that lies within. Um, and this is the nature of human beings. We are, you might say, the continued attempt of that which lies unconsciously to express itself consciously through us, through the being, you know. It's like, think about human beings and what we are. Now, you could say we are fractals, like we are aspects of a fractal. Um, like two human beings come together, we procreate, and out pops another human being. And on this goes. On this goes forever, right now. Some human beings come in, and some human beings go out. And it's this kind of revolving door. And uh, our point of focus is right now. And this is where human beings become. And when a human being pops into the world, it is that physical expression of consciousness. And that entity, that individual, from the time it's born, attempts to communicate, attempts to relay what it is at a subconscious level and an unconscious level into consciousness between it attempts to return to itself it, it attempts to show itself off here in the physical world and it attempts to do that through language it attempts to do that through feeling through through touch through all of our physical senses but it never it never does it we never get there we never achieve it and you jump on medium uh, the the publication or the the platform or you jump on any uh, blogging platform, similar platform, or, or, or uh, platform means of communication, and you see people making stuff all the time, and and it's continued evolution, and this is uh, an expression of ourselves, and our attempt to know ourselves through the stuff we make, and uh, like I said, it can never be completed, it's never finished, and that's the way it should be, but we get all hung up about that. We get all hung up that we that people don't understand us and we can't explain ourselves. And people turn to art. And often we find it's much easier to make and to show what we are through our art. But even that's not enough. And you'll hear artists say, you know, I, I'm never satisfied. And you'll, see, you'll hear sports people say, I'm never satisfied with what I made or the achievement that I, that I made. And that I have to go back for more. And... But that's what it is. 
that dissatisfaction with ourselves is crazy. It's a disconnection from, it's a dis complete disconnection of the physical entity from the psychological entity, that deeper psychological entity. We don't know who we are. And it's in that not knowing who we are that we lose ourselves and we lose the whole meaning and purpose of our existence, which is to allow the unconscious express, express itself in consciousness. So, like, even everyday communication between a child and his mother or between adults out on the street, that's, that's us attempting to tell our story. It's, it's us in an attempt to relay to another physical being who we are. And it's, this process is so simple, and yet we get so lost in it. Like, it's impossible. But once we accept it's impossible... There is there is the, 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 the means to actually be happy about that and be happy in the expression of it as it is now. And it's this time consciousness thing again that blocks our ability to see why it is we're here, why it is we make what we make and the perfection in what it is we're making. Like you can say to me, oh, well, I, I drew this picture and it was shit, so I threw it out, and I'm really disappointed in myself because it should have been better, or I failed an exam, or I didn't get the promotion in the job that I wanted. And this continued pursuit and belief that there is there is a, a destination at the end of the process is completely naive, because there isn't. There's no end. It ceases to end. It's always happening now. Blip, 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 always. No end to it. And when we understand that, we can begin to accept it. And we can be begin to smile at the stuff we make and just let it go. I can't remember the, the artist I read recently who said that. I'll dig it up. Let you know the next time. But this is the creative process, the ever-evolving the ever process of the unconscious becoming conscious in the world. And as soon as it becomes conscious, that's it, it's gone. It's gone and you're back to that place where you make again. And this is the cyclical process, the, the, the cyclical, cyclical nature of the creative process. We go into the world, we experience it, we, uh, we receive inspiration, we go back to the place and we make something. We bring it back again, show everybody and go, hey, check this out. Some people might say it's shit. Some people might give you money for it and say it's brilliant. Regardless, that's just part of the process. And when we don't understand the, that we, we never get it finished, we get lost in it. And we also get lost in it if we believe that we, get, that we have it finished. If we believe this is us now, that's me. Ah, job done. What? There's not, you never get it done. And then you begin to identify with the things you make. And you begin to identify with your success, in inverted commas, your commercial success. And then you can't reproduce it because you get so absorbed in the commercial success, in the applause of everybody else. Or maybe you don't get applause and you get lost in that. And this is, uh, this is the greatest challenge to humanity. In understanding that we never get it done. And in the doing of it, it's merely an attempt by the unconscious to be known consciously to itself and everyone else and it's never finished because if it was the entire universe would collapse into nothing in an instant 
But that's not going to happen, at least not now. It's just going to keep expanding. And it always expands now. And expands in infinity. And that expansion can't ever be realised. And so, in a way, the pursuit of science to figure out the fundamental nature of the universe is completely naive. If they feel they're ever going to find out. But in their knowing that they never find out, well now that's cool. Because they can keep going. And the best scientists that exist on the planet, the most clued in scientists, understand this. Is that they, they know more about what they don't know. I think Alan Watts was uh, said, could have been said before him, but this is where I heard it from him. The Brahman is unknown to those who know it, and known to those who know it not. And that says it all, you know. It can never be the object of its own understanding or knowing, and this physical existence is its attempt to do so. It knows it never will be known. You and I don't, most of us. Interesting subject. It's just it's a singularity. The singularity can never be known. You can never you can never get there. And you, in your acceptance that you'll never get there, well now everything is cool. You can just get on with it, you know? So that's why taking the first idea that you have and running with it is important. Because otherwise you just get lost, you know? And then where do you go from there? I don't know. So, that's it for me. Hope you enjoyed that. My rambling. Uh, that's it for me today. I don't know what episode number that is. Maybe 136 or something like that. Uh, I've been Larry G. McGuire. And a lot of this stuff that I talk about here is available on my site, LarryGMcGuire.com. And uh, in the Artist Manifesto which is due out in May, I'll put it back a little bit, because uh, I've had some studies to complete, but uh, that'll be out in May, and looking forward to getting that out, uh, the f- digital version, the full length digital version, will be available free on LarryGMcGuire.com, if you want to get a notification, when, that, when that's available, get over to my site, sign up, I'll send you the short form version, and uh, you'll be on my list, for Sunday Letters, goes out every Sunday too, and uh, if you'd like to become a patron of my work, if you'd like to support me in the stuff that I do, you'd like to support this podcast, keep it advert free, get over to patreon.com forward slash Larry G. McGuire, become a patron for as little as a dollar a month, buy me a pint, that's probably about four or five dollars, buy me a cup of coffee, whatever you think, and uh, that means a lot to me because it, uh, it says that you guys value what I'm doing, and uh, that's pretty cool, and I enjoy getting the positive responses. Uh, although I do attempt not to uh, get too invested in them because I think that's dangerous but however that's it for me for today thanks for listening in to the Daily Larb I'll be back tomorrow or the next day don't know yet whenever I feel the creative inspiration to share something with you I shall do so I'll definitely be back before the end of the week so until next time take it easy and have a good day all the best <laughs>